Welcome to Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Raines, and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women, and I am so excited to have you here today. We are a community of authentic women from all over the world, growing together, personally, professionally, building businesses and ministries together. Grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and sit back and grow with us. Thanks for being here, ladies. Hello, beautiful Masterpiece women. Welcome back to our study in Exodus. Today, we are in Exodus 25 through 27. And wow, it's been so good. I love how God just is so intentional. Intentional is the word that kept coming to mind as I was reading through these chapters. He's so intentional to give every single tiny detail that was needed for the covenant and for the altar. It just blows my mind how the Lord is so detailed. You think about our bodies and our minds, the way he created us, every detail of that, every cell, every cytoplasm, everything that goes into making us as a human being. He's so intentional and he's so detail oriented. So I just love these chapters, even, you know, as I read them, I did have to read them a couple of times and go back and study and, you know, depict them because some of it, I was like, well, why are you so particular about that? What makes that so important? The overall theme though, you know, it's that he is wanting it a certain way and he wants his children to obey him. He wants to set things a certain way. And he wants them to follow those steps and be obedient. And so he's teaching them something in it as well. However, I kept going back to these certain things that he kept going on and on about specifically. And so let's dive into it a little bit. We're talking about chapters 25, 26, and 27. And they're all about building the tabernacle. And the tabernacle's function primarily as the residence or the palace for God. They're not the church. They're, they're where God's presence is and where the, the priests come and do sacrifices. And so when you look at it, he was very, very, very specific. In verse 25, 1 through 27, in um, chapters 25, verse 1 through 27, you see it starts with the center. He's, he tells them, start here and he starts giving them the the pieces and all the tools and everything he wants and the exact measurements of every single piece of what they're to create and then once that's all done then he moves out into the courtyard doesn't he and the courtyard's where everyone else is this sanctuary is where the lord resides and so as you read through this did you notice that some of the things that he talks about, he says them over and over very specifically. And one of them was the uh, acacia wood. And so I looked it up to say, what is so important about this acacia wood? And it was very interesting because it's, it was a very um, well-respected, I guess if you could say it would, but it was, it was a wood that it doesn't um, stain and it doesn't scratch as easily. It's a very high, high, high quality wood. And he also instructed them over and over to use solid gold. And some of the studies that I was reading on this is that he actually, that they used almost a ton 
of gold. Can you imagine like, where do they even get all this from? Well, he got it from where they got the people of Israel got it from Egypt. When they left, what did they say? Bless us. When they left, they, he specific, God specifically told them to go to the Egyptians and ask them for their gold and their, um, their valuables. And they did, and they blessed them with it. And so, um, the other thing they talked about was the colors, which I find very interesting. Lots of blue, lots of purple, and lots of scarlet over and over and over. Those are the three colors. And even when I was thinking about what did I want Masterpiece Women's colors to be, we were just rebranding and Jill Dodery is amazing. She helped me with our rebrand. If you don't know her, you definitely need to meet her. She's amazing. And she was saying, what is it that you want to reflect, Tina? I said, I want to reflect the power of God. I want to reflect his majesty. I want to reflect his sovereignty, but I also want to reflect um, the women and they're growing. And we came up with purple because it's such a majestic, bold, powerful color. And I had looked it up in the scriptures. And so I was actually pretty familiar with it because of that, because I did some research to go, where do I want to land and what do we want that to look like? And so, because when we first did it, we just did it all on Canva and it was just me on Canva trying to figure it out, <laughs> just being transparent. So you can do it too. Start your business. You don't have to have a branding expert. She happens to be a friend of mine that's helping me. She believes in our passion and in our mission. And so she's helping me, but I just did mine on Canva. So just saying, so you can too. But anyway, when you look at these colors, I hadn't done the research yet when I started. I just wanted to some girly colors or masterpiece women wanted to be pretty, looked at like some painting colors. And, but yet these colors are so bold and they're so vibrant and they're so majestic. And so I was thinking about that and thinking about the instructions themselves. He was so specific and he had a plan. If you look at that, how these Israelites went and asked the Egyptians for all their jewels and all these things that they gifted them with. It was why, because he had a plan. He knew, he knew where he was taking them. He knew what he would have them to build. And he knew they needed the ability to do it and to have the tools and the jewels and the gold and all that goes with it to be able to do it, the fine linens, all of it. There was so much entailed. So whether God's asking you to create a ministry He's building a tabernacle, a temple, a church, a ministry. He's taking care of your personal life, your personal path, your Christian walk with him. All of it kind of goes back, doesn't it, to Ephesians 2.10. You are a masterpiece. Renewed in Christ to do the plan that he had for you so long ago. He has a plan for you. He has a plan for all of it. And if we really pay attention, these chapters really come to life and reveal how clear the Lord makes our path if we'll just listen and obey. He will guide us in every tiny little detail. So I encourage you, if you don't take time to pray throughout the day, if you don't take time to hear from him during the day, make it a practice. Get in the word and get into a practice of speaking to him throughout the day because he will guide you. He has a plan and we have to be able to hear him. The detail that he went into it was huge in this tabernacle. It was 
I mean, it reveals to us if there was nothing else in the whole Bible that we had caught on about how detail oriented it was. These chapters definitely do it. But there's so many places in the Bible where he shows that um, he's very detail oriented and he wants us to pay attention to every single detail because he's paying attention to every single detail. And he's paying attention to every single detail of our lives. So it's really a sweet blessing both sides. Yes, he wants us to pay attention to him. And yes, he's telling us every detail. But on the flip side, he cares so much that he's paying attention to every detail. And he's sharing every single detail of how he wants us to move forward. If we'll listen to him, we'll hear it and we'll know it and we'll sense it. And we can move forward in his perfect will versus just moving forward. So look at all of the different materials. There were lots of them. Like it was so amazing to me of all the different things that he could. And these are the ones that he, the primary things, gold. Again, some of them, as some people estimated, there was over a ton of gold they used. Silver, he used silver in so much bronze. The fabrics were amazing. The way they described the fabrics. And then again, the colors, many of the colors, he said blue, purple, and um scarlet in the wood the, he said the acacia wood i don't know that he did any other wood throughout that time the only thing i kept grasping on again was the acacia wood because that was the finest wood the skins the olive oil and even in the olive oil he talked about how to prepare it because they had to have the olive oil for the lamp because it was supposed to run continuously spices and these precious stones and he even talked about the bread making sure there was a sacrifice of food, didn't he? So when we look at all of that, I am just astonished at the details that he gave them. And the fact that, you know, he planned it all, even again, the spoils that the Egyptians gave them as they were leaving, he knew exactly what they would need, including the um, ability to do the bread to sacrifice the food to sacrifice that to him as well so he knew he saw to it that they had everything they needed so not only did he give them descriptions of what to do he made sure they had everything they needed he equips those he calls when he calls you he will equip you he will give you everything you need and that was just such a perfect example to all of us of reminding us of that that he's specific in his materials he's specific in the dimension he was specific in the colors for this the materials he required were of great value they were like the primo primo that's what he wants for his children god must be put first when we look at how he wanted them to sacrifice their finest things for this tabernacle that's saying to us ladies god wants you to sacrifice your finest to him you are your finest. He wants you to sacrifice yourself. And even in our tithing and even in our giving, our generosity, he wants us to give him the, it's his, it's all his. So he provided all these materials to them to do all of this. And then what did he say? Okay, now I want you to use them for me. Same thing for us. He gives us all these great things and great opportunities. Then he says, okay, I want you to use it for me. So what part of your life, I want you to stop for a minute and think, because it really convicted me in some areas of my life. What parts of my life, what parts of your life are you not completely surrendered to him and giving to him your best? Even in your finances and your generosity, 
Do you look at your finances and go, okay, well, I'll give them my 10%. Or are you going, Lord, what can I live on so that I can give the rest to you? That's the, the living of a generous person. And if you've never been to a generous giving um, event, you definitely want to go because it's all about, let me live on this so that I can give the rest away because that's really uh, the finest that the Lord's calling us to do is to be more generous and with our time, our talent, our treasures. And so think about what was most valuable to the Israelites and what's most valuable to you. That's what God's calling you to sacrifice. Are you really giving them your finest? There's some areas in my life I wasn't. So that it, this really convicted me. And I think that's what's so beautiful about the word is he shows you new things every day. You might have read it 10 times and you didn't see it that way. And then suddenly you read it and you go, oh, that's so different. So I just think even that when you look at the candlestick and how he was very specific on how to make it decorated with almond flowers and buds and blossoms and it had to be burning continuously and it had six branches it reminds me of you it reminds me of the beautiful masterpiece he created in you and he wants you to be burning at all times lighting the fire lighting up the world because we're in a dark dark world he wants us to continue to burn and shine brightly for him in everything that we do because he has created you so beautifully he has created you and given you everything you need and he will equip you with everything you need to do whatever it is he's called you to do because he is so specific and he is so detail-oriented and he was just as specific when he created you beautiful victorious godly that's who you are and he says in his word over and over and over, he knew your physical attributes. He knew your mental attributes. He knew your spiritual. He knew who you would be. And he created you that way. And there is nothing wrong with you. I'm, I just want to say that to you today. There's nothing wrong with you. There's everything right with you. We all have room for improvement. None of us are perfect, but we are made in his image. And as we draw closer and closer and closer to him, then we see Jesus reflected in ourselves. And then we don't typically, what happens with us females is we end up focused solely on our negative attributes and we don't see the gifts and talents God's gives us. So then we don't use them for his glory. So I'm gonna encourage you to stop and look at what is it God's given you? What gift and talent do you have that he wants you to share with? the people in the world because he's giving you lots of them and if you're scared to you don't know how then stop step back and just ask him to give you strength and go do it scared because i can tell you most people don't do it because they're scared and they're scared why because they're afraid afraid of what people will think of them so if that's you today sister i'm going to encourage you look at these chapters look at the detail that god went through to make his point made and he went through that with you. He knew all the victories you'd have. He knew all the failures you'd have and failures are what make us grow. So don't worry about failing, fail forward because it's okay. That's how you grow. And that's how people around you grow as well. So God knew it all. He knew what we would go through. He knew the victories we would have. And I love how the candlestick reminds us of that. 
it reminds us of um, even the Gentiles. Remember when the Gentiles, uh, they're supposed to, I'm, excuse me, the Israelites were supposed to be the light to the Gentiles. In Isaiah 42, 42, 49, and 6, we look at that and go, wow, a light to the Gentiles. A light was placed in public sight, not in the private one. So think about, I mean, it was in the private one, not on the public side. If you look at where the lamp was, it was actually, wasn't it? It was actually in the tabernacle, was in there. Not necessarily where everybody saw it. That's where the priests were. That's where God was. And that's that was reflective to me of, it's very similar to our walk with the Lord. He's calling us to be a light, just like he called the Israelites to be lights to the Gentiles. But what happened? They started... Um, honoring other gods and worshiping other idols and so they weren't seen as the light by the gentiles anymore so they lost their witness he calls us to do the same thing and i believe with everything in me that the lord wants more than anything that intimate sweet relationship with you and i not just that public relationship more than anything more than that more than the light that we're shining to the world that we should be doing because we love him so much it's more about you and I, what does this look like? The, and for those of you on the podcast, I'm pointing up to the sky and down to me, that relationship between Christ and I, I forget sometimes on the video, you can't see what I'm doing, my hand movements. I'm a hand movement girl. So you might want to go to our website, masterpiecewomen.org and look at our vlog because I'm always doing a little hand signals. So anyway, um, just think about that. Think about what is it that God wants you to do you and the Lord, what does he want from you from there? Because there was, there was some private responsibility and sacrifice to the Lord that was going on that the priests were doing. And that's really what he's calling us to do is to be like the priests and come to his tabernacle and sacrifice and draw near to him. And what is it he's calling us to sacrifice? What are you sacrificing for the Lord? I had that really convicted me today when I was thinking of that. What am I sacrificing for him? I could sacrifice more. It wasn't about what the people see again. It was about what does God see and what is my relationship with him? Because it's really easy to create a platform and people see, oh, you know, these godly people. And we've seen so many major major pastors and public figures fall but yet in the public side they were so fabulous so wonderful and they did a lot of great work tons of great work but what happened they got away from the relationship with christ and they got away from that intimacy with him and pride set in other things set in one bad choice led to another and then they fell and it hurt so many people and you see it all over the world and i can tell you from personal experience it's a very painful process for Christians to walk through. And so I'm just going to encourage you, be more focused on your relationship with God and that intimacy with him. Same thing goes with your marriage. When the, this is right, this relationship with God and you, your marriage is so much more powerful. I know for me, it is. I'm such a different person when I'm in that sweet place with the Lord. And I'm sure you're the same way. When we're in that intimate relationship, we become so much more other-centered and less I, 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 I. And when you're in a relationship, especially in marriage, it's really easy to get into that, 
I want, I want, I need, I need. And even in our friendships, and we focus on that and destroy relationships because we're not other centered. And so if we change that paradigm and start thinking about others, it's actually so rewarding for us too. I was just on a podcast with um, another leader who runs this big um, leadership platform. And we were talking about what a gift it is to be able to watch people grow, to be able to serve others. It's more rewarding for you than it is for them probably, you know? And so I'm going to encourage you in your relationships, think about how you can serve them first because you will be so rewarded. And I know it sounds backwards, but it's so true. The more you serve others, the more valuable it is to you and the greater gift is to you. It's such a great gift for you. So I'm going to encourage you, if you're not serving others, find a place to serve, find a relationship to serve into, give into, to give to people. And I love that. I love at the end of the day and these three chapters, the symbolism of how we can relate it back to our relationship with Christ. You know, even the altar and the wood that it was made from is made from this fine, fine wood, which is earthly, right? But then what happened? It was covered with gold. And it reminds me of how Jesus came to the earth and he's this human, but yet he's majestic. He's so godly and the gold is so symbolic of who he is but yet he was made of flesh and bone like the wood and um, i'm just so thankful for his sacrifice i'm so thankful for each of you being here with me and walking through this journey of masterpiece women and the study of exodus with me it is such a blessing to be here with you i hope you are gaining some tidbits and god's using this i pray for you every time i do these and often throughout the week i pray that god will just use this and he will use the conversations of this study with you and just lead you to his lead you to his word lead you to his um to more quiet time with him more relationship with him so let's look at a few of the key verses that i was talking about in this because it is just so powerful let's see we're going to look here in verse um, in 25 verse 10 the ark have them make an ark of acacia excuse me acacia wood two and a half cubic cubits long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit and a half high. Overlay it with pure gold, both inside and out, and make a gold molding around it. Cast four gold rings for it and fasten them to its four feet, with two rings on one side and two rings on the other. Then make poles of the acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Insert the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry it. The poles are to remain in the rings of this ark. They are not to be removed. Then put in the ark the tablets of the covenant law, which I will give you. And that's where I was talking about. Doesn't that remind you of our savior and how sovereign he was and all the gold? And again, so specific, this many cubits and that many cubits and even putting the poles in and do not remove them. He's very, very, very specific on how he wants to do that. And then you go into 26, um, verse 1. Make the tabernacle with 10 curtains of finely twisted linen and blue, purple, and scarlet yarn with cherubim woven into them 
by a skilled worker. So he even goes into that intricate detail of the yarn. All of it was important to him. Every little bit of it was. All the curtains are to be the same size, 28 cubits long and four cubits wide. Join five of the curtains together and do the same on the other five. Make loops of the blue material along the edge of the end curtain in one set and do the same with the end curtain in the other set. Make 50 loops on one curtain and 50 loops on the end curtain on the other set and with the loops opposite each other. Then make 50 gold clasps and use them to fasten the curtains together so that the tabernacle is a unit. Wow. Like, so specific. Then he talks about in set 27, we go to the altar of the burnt offering. 27.1, build an altar of acacia wood, three cubits high. It's to be square, five cubits long and five cubits wide. Make a horn at each of the four corners so that the horns and the altar are of one piece and overlay the altar with bronze. Make all of its utensils of bronze, its pots to remove the ashes and its shovels, sprinkling bowls, meat forks, and finger pans. Make a grating for it, a bronze network, and make a bronze ring of each of the four corners of the network. Put it under the ledge of the altar so that in halfway up the altar. Make poles of acacia wood for the altar and overlay them with bronze. The poles are to be inserted into the ring so they will be on two sides of the altar when it is carried. Make the altar hollow out of boards is to be made just as you were shown on the mountain. It's just amazing to me, the intricacy. Remember, as he's telling them these poles, this was a this wasn't a permanent structure, right? So they're going to they move. So they have to be able to take it with them. He thought of every, every detail. And then the oil for the lampstand in 27 verse 20. Command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light so that the lamps may be kept burning. In the tent of meeting outside the curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant Law, Aaron and his sons are to keep the lamps burning before the Lord from evening till morning. This is to be a lasting ordinance among the Israelites for generations to come. He didn't say he wanted that to just happen now. And he wanted it for generations to come. He had a plan, didn't he? He had a plan. And he has a plan for you, my sweet friend. And I'm so, so thankful for his sacrifice and his plans. And that he loves us so much that he did all these plans. That he was so intentional and so specific in his plans for us. So may the Lord lead you and guide you. May you feel his presence more than ever. May you just bask in his presence and just go into his tabernacle. Find a spot in your home today and just go into your tabernacle with him. And may your light shine brightly for him. Be blessed. If there's anything we can do for you at all, feel free to email us at masterpiecewomen org at gmail.com and we're happy to just be here for you to be in on this journey with you we're so excited to be here with you so blessings 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 and may you feel his presence abundantly today i'll see you on the next podcast 